Hello, you're listening to Roll Plus Heart. <laughs> My name's Jen Blundell, and with me as always are... Bex Watson. Sarah Keep, And Helen Gaffney. Today we are playing the first part of a mini-campaign of Brindlewood Bay, a game by Jason Cordova. Brindlewood Bay is like all your favourite murder mystery shows, just with extra grannies and extra eldritch horror. Inspired by their favourite mystery novels, the Amanda Delacourt series, our three older women will be investigating murder mysteries, whether the authorities like it or not. The mechanics are relatively simple. Whenever it seems like they're doing a specific move, I'll call for a roll. They'll roll 2d6 and add the appropriate stat... A six or lower generally means something bad is going to happen, and a seven or above is generally a success, albeit perhaps with some consequences. For our mystery, the mavens will meddle around to try and gather clues, and once they feel confident, they'll attempt to theorise and work out who done it. What's unique about Brindlewood Bay, though, is that until they roll to see if they're correct, none of us, myself included, know who the murderer is. And with that, let's get into it. It's a bright early summer's day in the British seaside town of Boveril-upon-Sea. Or is it pronounced Bovril? The gulls don't care either way. They perch on the cliff tops above the wide sandy beach of Boveril, cawing harshly and dropping down to pounce on any poor soul who leaves their chips unattended for more than a second. A cormorant perches on a small lighthouse at the end of the long stone jetty. We see it glance around, noting the distant rain clouds, an ever-present feature of the British seaside, and then it leaps from its perch. It takes a lap over the green, grey waters, the steady waves at high tide punctuated only by one lone outcropping of rocks. The cormorant turns towards the town, and we follow it as it glides above the heads of families enjoying a morning out, children dangling lines into the water in the hope of catching crabs, a group of teenagers throwing a ball around on the sand, a couple strolling along the promenade pushing a pram. Past the seafront shops we go, with their faded pastel facades and their signs optimistically advertising local ice cream, and over the grey slate roofs and cobbled high street of Boveril-upon-Sea. From this high up, the town looks like it's melting down towards the shore, funnelled and squeezed in between the cliffs on either side. The cormorant banks, and behind it we see the outline of Boveril Castle ruins, high up on the western cliffs. Then the bird dips down and descends towards a small bungalow, perched on the slope, where the town begins to peter out and the wild cliffs take over. A panoramic window looks out over the bay. The bird drops down onto the gatepost at the back of the bungalow, on the side facing the road, and stares at the front door, which, after a moment, opens, and out steps Grace Tamblin on her way to book club. Sarah, could you please introduce us to your character? Hello. Uh, I am playing... Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm... Hello. <laughs> Hello. Let's stop. Hello. Okay. I'm playing Grace Tamblin, um, who is an older trans woman. Her style, because we didn't, I didn't pick one of the styles from the playbooks, uh, I described as mm-hmm. straight-laced floral gay um, with mm-hmm. smart floral blouses and uh, professional black trousers. But she's also got her anorak on because she does not trust the weather outside. Um, but when she sees her favourite bird, the cormorant, uh, this far from its rocky habitat, she stops and stares with a smile. The uh, cormorant eyes you suspiciously for a moment with its little beady black eye, um, just like all birds seem to do. And then it takes off and... You continue down your garden and out the front gate and step out onto the pavement. How does uh, Grace intend to get to book club? Is she a walker? Is she going to take the bus? Yeah, I think Grace prefers... Does she drive? To... Hmm. No. No. Not a small little beat up Fiat. <laughs> uh, no, I think Grace walks. She might get the bus if it's like super long distance, but I feel like 
the book club probably isn't that far away. Mm, it's not a big town. I feel I feel like nothing much is is very far away. Really, it's nothing's suppose, that far away. Yeah. It's Bovril. 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 As you're walking along the path then, heading down towards town, um, it starts to flatten out. And as you're going forwards, you cross paths uh, with some a woman pushing a woman, probably in her 30s, pushing a pram, who uh, stops for a second and goes, Miss Tamblin, hmm? uh, it's it's uh, Maxine Neal. You taught me maths? Oh, Maxine. Oh, my goodness. Hi. How are you doing? You look good. I, well, that's so kind of you to say, but how are you doing? Oh, well, you know, busy. And she sort of points down at the pram. <gasps> Oh, uh, what's the name? Um, you know what? Jen never thought that you'd ask that. And that says a lot about me personally. I never ask a baby's name. Why would you ask? They're not relevant yet. <laughs> this child isn't above five years old. It's not human. Not, not human relevant yet. Point. I'm yet. trying to play a nicer person than any of us four are. <laughs> Oh, a baby. Wow, you did that. Mm. Oh, okay. great. Can we talk about something else Good. now? <laughs> oh, oh uh, uh, Joey. His name's Joey. Oh, Joey. What a little sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is right now whilst he's being silent, but he likes the pram. So, you know. <laughs> oh, and you're, you're doing well? Yeah, yeah. I um, I did make it to uni in the end. Um, got my, uh, that, that A-level maths got me onto my course. Can't say I ever needed to calculate the length of a side of a triangle though, but, um, yeah, um, did it work, you know, taking a little time out at the moment, but how are you? You okay? I'm, I'm getting by. I'm Good. going, you know, taking it day by day. Nice. Do your kids live local? Someone looking after you? <laughs> They don't, but I'm I I feel like I can oh. still take care of myself. It's a little patronizing. Well <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're all in your seventies now. No, wait, you specifically said sixty nine, didn't nice, you? Nice, 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 nice. Nice, nice, Well, if you ever need anything, my husband Tom runs the chippy, the the dolphin down on the prom. Well, that's my favourite. Well, I'll let him know that he is serving royalty. The people who got me into the position I am in today. I will make sure to stop by. He does an excellent gravy. For sure. <laughs> and she gives you a little wave and the baby starts crying because you've been standing still for more than two seconds. So she carries on. Bye, love. Bye. See you around, Miss Tamblin. And you walk, continue walking through Bovril. Um, we pull up then. Bovril. <laughs> <laughs> Our camera pulls up then from Grace, up above the roofs again and across back towards the back end of town, away from the sea a bit. While the houses in this area aren't particularly large, they look sturdy and solid, each one a different shape and layout. We pan down to a house that has a particularly large, flourishing garden. We go past border plots filled with cream roses, bushy lavenders, tall red poppies, and deeper into the garden, some less immediately recognisable plants. And then we swoop in through the window of a small wooden shed, tucked away at the far end of the lawn. Bex, could you please introduce us to your character? Absolutely. Um, hi. 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 I'm playing Fairly Weaver. She is 
for all that she's quite obviously, I think, in her early 70s, I said, mm-hmm. she is kind of a very straight-backed, active-looking woman in a floaty, kind of earth-toned linen dress, some big, chunky wooden bead jewellery, possibly like a, ha- a hair band in her silvery white hair. Um, she's busy at a small table with a little wooden crate that has been lined with some hay or straw, packing in some small uh, bottles, each with a label tied around uh, the top um, as she readies her gifts that she's bringing to book club. Mm-hmm. Well, book club happens to be held at your house this week, which is oh, fortunate great. for <laughs> you. You won't have to carry them too far. That's why I'm and doing as, them this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as you're as you're preparing your um, your gifts, you hear a, a knock on the wooden gate at the far end, at the back end of your garden, and uh, a voice that you recognise as belonging to Kevin, the youngest member by far of your book club, and also the only boy. Uh, <laughs> And uh, you hear, Mrs. Weaver, Mrs. Weaver, sorry I'm early. Oh, Kevin, how many times do I have to tell you? Call me fairly. Come in, come in. Take this, uh, take this box for me, won't you? You hear him open the the gate door and you hear him walk towards the shed and then you hear some clanking of things as he puts down some things and he opens the shed door. I, I'm sorry I'm early, Mrs. Weaver, uh, but I, I brought my tools. I thought I could put up that trellis that you wanted putting up. Oh, Kevin, oh, good boy. And she kind of pats him twice on the cheek. I feel like she probably has to reach up to do so. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, Kevin <laughs> is tall, broad, uh, a mass of blonde curls down to his shoulders and a, a strong working tan. Oh, well... Uh, there's always later. Um, let's have, let's have tea first. Oh, I'd love one. Um, sorry, let me, um, I've, uh, oh, I've left my book outside. Uh, and he, he pops back out and, um, and picks it up. He says, this was a good one. I mean, not always good. You always choose well, but, uh. Well, yes, I, uh, I quite liked it myself, although I have some reservations, but still, let's save it for book club. Um. Here, of course, this. of course. Take this, will you? And she kind of hands over the little crate that's just got some the bottles kind of. Is there is there anything it. else I can carry for you whilst I'm here? You see, he puts the crate under one arm like it's no problem whatsoever. <laughs> I think that will quite do for now until I find something else. Great. Okay. Uh, after you. And he sort of backs out and hold, tries to hold the door open for you at the same time, whilst also with the crate, and the book is tucked under his chin. Yeah, okay. I'll oh, he's a little himbo. I love him. Duck <laughs> under his arm and um, probably lock up the shed behind me. Can never be too careful. Um, it's more the animals I'm, I'm worried about. You know, I once I once found a, a fox drinking the gin. No. I think often about it. I hope it survived. <laughs> Was certainly uh, wobbling a fair amount as it trotted away. Well, I must admit, you, you, you're, the proof on your gin is pretty high. Well, life's short. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she'll open her back door, which I imagine is one of those like stable doors, you know, where it has the upper half, which is probably open to get some air in. She just reaches mm-hmm. in and unlatches the bottom half, kind of chivvies him in, where there's probably, there's probably set up in a kind of informal breakfasty room type situation um a nice big wooden table with wooden chairs around it there's already kind of mugs set out ready to make tea and she begins bustling around making cups of tea 
Well, as you walk in and you head into the kitchen, uh, you are greeted by a rather delicious smell. And uh, you realise you're not the only one in this house at the moment. We enter the kitchen. I imagine I'm seeing stone floors, marble countertops, um, and a large range master hob in the alcove. Oh, yeah. On top of which, a pot of stew is bubbling away, tended by its maker. Helen, could you please introduce us to your character? All right. Uh, I'm playing Anita Theakston. She's a sort of a glamour nana from uh, Liverpool. She's kind of she's kind of nosy, but also kind of nosy in a way that's like she's she's mostly just looking out for people. You know, she she really wants to know everything to make sure everyone's okay all the time. But you know, generally talk the leg back leg off a donkey and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I assume I see um, fairly coming yeah. into the kitchen. You're right, love. Oh, Anita! I thought we hadn't finished the last lot of stew. My gosh, you'll eat it up if there's some left over, won't you, Kevin? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. You know I love your stew, Mrs. Theakston. You can never have too much scouse, you know, that's what I say. <laughs> he laughs a very large belly laugh that I cannot produce. <laughs> as the slight petite woman that I am. <laughs> Jen simply doesn't have enough belly for a belly laugh. <laughs> I've never tried to before. Wait, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> I, d- I, d- I dove deep into myself. <laughs> oh, it was like an inward That's laugh. what came out. <laughs> well. Uh, okay. Sure. Sure, oh why not? Why not? Uh, tea, sweetheart. Yeah, two lumps, if you could. You're right there, Kevin. I put in, I put in three because... Uh, I've always made it with three, but Anita keeps asking for it with two. <laughs> you know, I need that extra sweetness. <laughs> um, you're right, Kevin. You look a bit cold. Oh, not at all, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Theakston. It's um, it's actually getting lovely and warm out there. Are you are you all right? You keeping okay? Is yeah, how's that? Uh, how's that? Um, those bookshelves holding up? <laughs> how do you respond to how are those bookshelves holding up? Well, <laughs> who's making polite like, conversation? Yeah, they're all right, I guess. You know, they're bookshelves. So, like, it's like they, good, they hold good books. Old. You did a wonderful job, Kevin. I'll tell you as stu- soon as you stop holding books up, you know. <laughs> that, that <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. Look, you look very cold, very cold to me. Like, you should, uh, here's a blanket. Do you want a blanket? Uh, oh, you know what? You know okay, what? You know what okay. will warm you better than the blanket, I think, is a bit of scouse. Here you go. Oh, I won't say no. And he um, he tries to eat it. He tries to eat it politely, but he's got a hearty appetite, and it's delicious. <laughs> so uh, he tries to whoop it down as politely as he can. But is, he's taking, you know, he's unhinging his jaw to take mouthfuls of this. <laughs> and um, as uh, Fairley and Kevin sit down to eat, uh, the phone on the other side of the kitchen rings, and you're on your feet, Anita. So um, mm-hmm. you go answer it. Uh, you pick up the phone. You hear a familiar voice. How do you how how would you how do you answer the phone in uh, Fairley's house, I'm which I assume to, I, you've done multiple times before? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm just hang on. What's Fairley's second name? One second. Weaver. Okay, so I answer the answer the phone. Weaver household. You're right. <laughs> Weaver household. That's perfect. <laughs> Mom, is that you? Is this Sam? And you recognise this uh, immediately as your daughter Sam's voice. Okay, good. Yeah. Are you all right, Sam? Yeah, I uh, I knocked at your house and you weren't there. And then I realised 
I know where she's going to be. She's going to be over at Aunt Fairley's house again. Well, it's warmer here, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. You ne- Yeah, you never put the heating on. I'm always telling you. Well, you know, the more bodies you've got in a, a room, the more the warmer it is, I think, you know? Well, yeah. Her place is nice too, to be fair. Um, I was just called. I just wanted to knock around and uh, check you're coming to Oscar's surprise birthday party. Uh, yeah, I've got it in the calendar, love. I'll be coming okay. around. Great. Because, um, you know, you've got to be there. When was that again? Oh, it's this, uh, <laughs> it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right, then. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the afternoon. I've forced you to do a Scouse accent, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. doing very well. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're not from Liverpool, Bex, so you can't tell that this, no. is, a- this is not a good accent. <laughs> Nor is mine is either, to be fair. Like, I think When I say you're doing well, you sound like each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're from a very particular bit of Liverpool. Yeah, it's the bit of Liverpool where people sound Liverpool. like not Scousers. Like, they just sound like we're from Skem. weirdos. <laughs> Everyone's putting it on. Skem. Yeah. <laughs> Warrington. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll draw a line Saint there. St. Helens. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm coming over, love. Um, okay, good. Does the he, kids will be do, glad to do, see do you. Do you want me bringing over anything for you, like some biscuits or a cake? Oh, don't worry about it. Got, don't worry I've about it. I've got a few it. desserts in the freezer you could have. Uh, I've also got um, some cheeses. You could have some pate. You could bring some pate and some uh, Melba <laughs> toast over. Or I could make another pot of scouse if you want one. Oh, you know what? That would go down nice. Or alternatively, you know, I've got like um, uh, a ham roast in the uh, in the in the fridge as well that I could reheat for it. You know what? Let me ask Oscar. Oscar, <laughs> what do you want from your nana tomorrow for your birthday? Not just a surprise party yeah. anymore, is it? <laughs> she, no, no, she's just going to bring it over anyway. It's not, there's no party involved. You're not having a party this year. We said. He says he'd like the Melba toasts. Melba toasts, right? So does he want them with Just the... Just Melba toasts. Not, not with the pate or nothing? With the pate. Yeah, he says he'll take the pate. All right. I'll, t- I'll oh, bring, and, I'll bring that and I'll bring a couple and your of... And uh, Yeah, obviously my scouse and I'll obviously. bring some bread over as well. And um, I'll bring a couple of desserts because I'm not going to eat them. I won't make my way through them so you can have them. You put them in your freezer <laughs> if you don't need them, like... That's classic Nana, isn't it? To <laughs> buy stuff you know you're not going to eat. Bring some bottles, love. I've got some spare. Oh, yeah. I'll bring some um, gin over if you like as well. Oh, is that is that Auntie Furley's gin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go on then. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you yeah, any specific flavour? What's she got going? Oh, many. I've got I've got some uh, some slow gin that uh, that's just just been finished, just been bottled up. Oh, slow gin! Yeah, we could have slow gin. We could put a bit of that in some champagne. Make it make a party of it. Yeah, go on then. Go on. That sounds nice. All right, let's I'll see cheer that him then. up. That'll be lovely. <laughs> right then, uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Then. All right. See you later, love. See you later. Ta ra. Ta ra. Bye. Um. And that's your daughter. Mm. <laughs> She'll never be seen chip again. Off, chip off the old block. <laughs> she will when I kill her. <gasps> um, Don't you dare kill my daughter. <laughs> I'll set her up as a suspect for one of the murders. That would fucking eat a right I'll up. I'll make the other two run. <laughs> um, you hang up the phone and at that moment you all hear the doorbell ring and you know that it's about time that your book club guests arrived. So, uh, Anita, you open the door and you're faced by the five other elderly women who uh, make up the rest of your book club. Jen has definitely given individual names and personalities to. And voices, and, and we hear you all, all now accents. as they say hello. All different yeah. accents. 
Okay, the first one walks in. You know her. She is called Melanie Brown. I am Elle. And she I am says, Elle. How are you doing, love? And she goes, Hi, I'm from Scotland and my name is Melanie Brown. <laughs> and then she walks in. You're going to regret this because I'm going to do terrible accents so you'll never speak to any of them again oh don't, Next don't, one walks don't in. her name is don't worry we're gonna talk to them <laughs> i'm writing them down yeah me too oh I'm god not, but I'll, I'll i'll defer to their expertise on this <laughs> do, you, do you want the other four names yes, yes. Go ahead. yeah okay let me god, i'm burning through my npc list of names already oh, do apologize. second one walks in her name is judith crickton i judy you're right judy love judith i prefer judith you know uh, but i am doing well there you go. There's your French accent. Um, <laughs> you piece of shit. You fuckers. <laughs> Love it. Next one along. I sense oh fuck me coming. I, I'm excited. It's going to be really early in the episode. You'll never get it from me. Never. <laughs> Next one. Her name is Margaret Dorian. I am Margie, love. Uh, she is also French. And she says... <laughs> Cop out. <laughs> so many uh, French people here. But from a different part of France. But you you fuckers nice. are just too uneducated to know no, what... I don't know. I think I could tell. Is, it, is she from Nice? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Where was the other one from? Cannes? No, they're too close. Uh, the other one was from Lille. That's the opposite end of the country, right? right? Okay. I could do those two accents. Oh, um, yeah, she says, uh, Bonjour. J'adore le book. Um, <laughs> and then the next one, her name... <laughs> Why do you always manage to sound like someone who's never heard a language spoken when we know, in fact, that you're some kind of language genius? You're a translator. It it blows my mind that you sound so convincing. I only ever read it. You do the book. You do the book. That's the next. That's the next sticker, friends. That's the next sticker. Oh, then it is Kerry Hitchens. Hi, Kerry. She walks in. You're right there, Kerry. And she is from London. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sound like you're from London. <laughs> but South London. She doesn't actually. South London. She says, all right. Oh, yeah. Great. Lovely to see you all. Lovely book club. Love it. Love some book club. Wow. She walks in. They're all very well behaved. And um Hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call a shot for you. Could is the next one maybe from Boston? Oh. <laughs> I parked my car at Harvard Yard. <laughs> no. Did they park their car at Harvard Yard? Possibly. Is there a place called Harvard Yard in Bovril? Harvard Yard. Bovril. Harvard Yard. Uh no, the last one is Harvard Yard. Uh, last one is called George Hawes uh, and she is just uh, a bit of a she's just got a, a kind of slightly posh yeah right George she's from the same place as Fairly yes she's just from round here oh yes right. I'm doing very well actually thank you all right that's that's great love how are you uh, Anita eh, lovely know. and she walks on through into the lab. <laughs> Lounge. Well, they've all gone fair, through and they've all gone and sat away in the lounge. She knew talking not to, to let Anita get, get start a conversation with her. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. So, as your guests have arrived, you can all uh, head into uh, the space. Which space do you tend to use for book clubs? Where's Grace? Yeah, where's Grace? Grace hasn't arrived yet, right? Uh, yes, Grace has not arrived. <laughs> as you've. It's key. It's key, key things. Hey, don't worry. Let me start that sentence again. <laughs> you foul. You usher most of your book club members uh, into the lounge, the living space, and they take a seat. 
Don't worry. I'm just going to... And then Grace died on the way there. Oh. So cool, right? <laughs> see you next week, everyone. I'll see you in like five weeks. <laughs> in a surprise twist, Sarah's actually picking up the character of Kevin. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, play the, I'll play the easiest of the five women. The easiest of the five women? <laughs> uh, so... Your guests take a seat in the lounge um, and just as you've got them all sat down and provided with tea, the doorbell rings one last time and you know who this must be. This must be as fond as you are of the other book club members, even Kevin, you know, you know, you've got a core trio here mm-hmm. of uh, core, hardcore oh, Amanda no, Delacour fans. Oh club mean girls. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You've, you've got to look, there's we're multiple cliques clique. happening yeah. within this book club. Um, yours just happens to be the clique that goes out and solves murder mysteries. Mm-hmm. And the, you've the been other, doing it for years. Um, what, what do the other cliques do? They, you know, I don't the know. French ones. <laughs> um, there's the French ones and then there's the three that are in a polycule. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because you couldn't force us into a polycule so the other characters no. have to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, Weirdly, they're the least cliquey, but I guess that's because they're so well adjusted. Okay, yeah, so um, Anita will yeah. open the door to, to Grace and go, Hiya, Grace, love. Are you all right, love? Oh, Anita, how are you? And she'll go in for a hug. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll reciprocate the hug. Yeah, I'm all right, you know. Uh, it's getting colder, I think, you know. Uh, it, it's hard to tell, um, I assume, when you're in this house. No, I think it's just getting colder, like, in life. I don't know, maybe it's me bones or something. It's probably, it's oh. probably me, let's face it. <laughs> I need to gain some weight. Maybe I'll just go eat some scouse or something. <laughs> Maybe just a a jumper will suffice. Yeah, you've got a point. It's probably be more expensive to 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 gain a load of weight than just put a jumper on. You you've got a point there. Let me get me cardigan. Grace, darling, welcome. Hello, hello. Come in. I've got your tea ready. Oh, fairly. You're too good. Walk all the way here. I keep telling you, it's a long way to come. It's mostly downhill. And then mostly <laughs> Until uphill. you have to go home. <laughs> we could call you a taxi on the way home if you like, love. No, the the exercise does me good. Mm. Mm, well, come in, sit down. <laughs> got tea, got scouse, as always. Thank you. <laughs> That's all right, love. I give her a kiss on the cheek. Only on the cheek? Yeah, just, um, it's, it's, we're in company. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. We're not teenagers. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, to lick up the inside of a nostril or something. Jesus. <laughs> Is that what teenagers do? I don't know. Yes. You're so old, Jen. Get if with the not kids. Very good at kissing, they love prime and yeah. licking nostrils. <laughs> Eating Thai pods. Lucky, lucky Craig. Oh, dear. <laughs> Well, your trio is complete. You three have been solving mysteries and reading murder mystery books, more importantly, together for several years. And fairly, as it was your, it's your week for hosting book club, you also chose the book. So which book is it that we're reading this week? I think we read The the Curse of the Penumbral Crown. Hmm, a classic Amanda Delacourt novel, mm-hmm. um, The Curse of the Penumbral Crown. And as you head into the living room, you find everyone pulling their copies out of their bags and you take a seat and you begin your book club. Can I ask a question of the other mavens that I think is very important in terms of characterization? Mm. Absolutely. Which is, how does everybody's book look? Because oh, Fairleys yes. has... 
a series of neat, like, sticky notes in pages of parts where she's marked that she'd like to talk about, and the spine is unbroken. <gasps> As you might imagine, How? Anita's is the direct opposite of that. It's, like, all broken. She's <laughs> written within the book. You know, it's, like, in pen, not even in pencil. Yeah. Like, they're, they're kind of not... They're not similar personalities. It's probably why they, they like each other, if you know what I mean. It's mm. just, like, a mess. And Grace's... She's taken the dust cover off, uh, but the book's still in kind of good enough condition. But there's a, a handmade bookmark, presumably from one of her students. Oh, um, uh, that's cute. That's cute. Yeah. But the bookmark's at the end, right? Because you definitely finished. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, you three do love this series of books. It's the best so. book series that there mm-hmm. is. So mm-hmm. I've read this yeah. book loads of times, which is probably why it's such a dog-eared copy at this point. You know, it's got loads of folded down bits and stuff as well. So you sit and book club commences and you pass a uh, a jolly morning discussing, debating, drinking tea, making chit chat. And as it winds up and everyone starts to uh, file out again, George Hawes, the fifth member of the one, crucially the one with the normal the voice. One. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> Normal? My God, you've just offended so many people. You've offended me. You've just offended the Scottish, the French and the London. And the South well, London. If you find me yeah. a single person who sounds like any of those voices that I did, <laughs> um, then I'll agree that I offended them. Um, um, uh, George Hawes files out uh, last and before she heads out. Oh, they each get are getting a bottle of, like just a little gift bottle of mm-hmm. gin on the way out. Obviously. Oh, absolutely. And Thank a Tupperware of Scouse. And a Tupperware of Scouse. <laughs> Like, you know, the Tupperware you get from Chinese takeaways, it's like they can take yeah. it and they don't have to bring it oh, back. Oh, yeah. It's so it's it. a nightmare. It's gonna. It's definitely going to leak in her bag. Oh, almost well, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She fairly has a, a very big plastic bag full of other plastic bags. So they all get wrapped up carefully in a plastic okay, bag. Thank oh, you. Right. What a yeah. team you are. Know, yeah. Power couple. Uh, George pauses before she leaves. She's wearing a large green and pink knit jumper that, you know, she is makes herself. Every week she's wearing a different homemade knitted jumper. They're very nicely done, but they're always in some interesting colour combinations. <laughs> um, and you you know George fairly well. She's been coming to book club for years, but um, you've never really entirely got down to the bottom of whether the rumour about her is true that she did divorce her husband because he insulted a jumper that she gifted <gasps> him one Christmas. Oh my. But, you know. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I believe it too. Um, <laughs> in my head, it's true. And she stops you and she says, uh, you are all coming tonight, aren't you, to the showcase? Because uh, I, I, I'm you know, my little painting is being featured and I'm uh, obviously, it's a great honour and working with Melinda has been absolutely marvellous. Um, and really, honestly, this, I think is this might be the apotheosis of my artistic career thus far. So you must come tonight to the gala opening. Um, of course. You are coming, George. Right? Oh, yes. miss it for the world. Splendid. No, Splendid. of course. And there'll be free wine. Oh, oh yes. Oh, I then believe there's going to be champagne. Can I just check something though, George? You didn't invite Mavis, did you? Mavis? Mm. Oh no. Oh god, god. Oh no. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there certain then in there's football case. on tonight anyway. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I just I just don't want to see Mavis at the moment. I've done with her shit, you know. Oh, maybe well, look, it's a certain we're, we're going for a certain it's a certain crowd at this uh, at this event anyway, I think. Yeah, so I don't I don't not, really um, think it would have been Mavis's cup of tea. She's not classy enough um, for it like no, no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't want to speak about her. We're thing, very but... proud of you and we're very much looking forward to seeing your work hung up, featured. Perhaps well, this is the beginning of a career. Well, it's never too late to start to turn over a new leaf. Yes. And, uh, you know, 
my uh, my humble watercolours are going to be uh, on the wall alongside the great work of Melinda Hill. So um, <laughs> great, yes. So anyway, well, what can I say? Who knows what could happen? There may be a talent scout in the crowd. Okay. Um, Do they have those for art? Sure. Maybe looking for someone looking, an agent perhaps looking for an ex-talent. Anyway. Yes, well, perhaps if Melinda's agent is there. Mm, mm, Perhaps. Um, I mean, all that really matters to me is that uh, you three are there. And the rest of my wonderful book. Of course. Yeah, we Mm. wouldn't miss it for the world, love. Great. Great. Uh, Well, I'll see you there then. Remember, dress nicely. See you and, then. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, right. It's a gala after all. Yeah, cool. <laughs> she uh, heads out with her uh, her bag and gets into her um, little Peugeot. And I wait until we close the door and I say, what does she mean, dress nicely? Have you seen her jumpers? Like, Ooh, I'm sure she'll be I wearing wouldn't. a special one for the occasion. <laughs> I'm sure she's wearing one with fucking spangles on it. Like, I uh, think the real question is whether her work is better than Melinda Hall's or not. I Maybe think difficult that will, not to be. Exactly, because we all agreed Melinda Hill's work is uh, dog shit, right? Yeah, I, sometimes literally. It's like finger painting. I just don't understand. Like, like a, something a child would make in nursery. It's yes, more like but something a dog would make if it sat down on a on a piece of paper, <laughs> you know, like a like a piece of paper. Like still, uh, just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's not art. I suppose uh, it'll be a nice evening regardless. And George has worked very hard. Yeah, and I think there's three wine there, so that'd be all right as well. I think she said champagne, darling. Oh yeah, nice. Maybe we could bring the slow gin mm. as well. Oh. <laughs> Little hip flask. Little hip flask of slogan. Why not? It's a bit naughty, but I don't see why not. <laughs> What's the point in being uh, of retirement age unless you're going to What's hit flask point gin being into old a old if you can't party? misbehave? Just uh-huh. fill, fill a thermos with it and everyone will assume it's tea. <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> so we're older, but no, one, no one will notice. No one notices old people. <laughs> Bringing a thermos, they assume it's going to be something for their health. <laughs> she needs a cup of tea Some every additional half hour, tea. You know? And we will skip forward through the day. Late afternoon arrives. This is not a late night event, but um, it's the start. It's early summer, so the days are fairly light into the evening. And we see the Hill Gallery. The Hill Gallery is housed in one of the most modern buildings in uh, Bovril upon Sea. Bovril. A white modernist construction built on. Bovril. Bovril. A white modernist. Bovril. One of the most modern buildings in upon Sea. A white modernist construction. A white modernist construction that was built on the site of the old Woolies. Um, the building has been as divisive as the art it has held. While middlingly famous on the European art scene, Melinda Hill and her art are not universally beloved within the town. The fact that she used her wealth to buy a villa in the nearby town of Oxholm, Bovril's historical rival, Bovril, Bovril, has won her no points with the local population. Tonight, though, the gallery sparkles like a beacon in the early evening light. The front door stands open to let in the sea air, and a little red carpet has been rolled out, beckoning the guests in like a long, loose tongue. A tuxedo-wearing bouncer checks your tickets upon entry. Grace, you recognise him as Robbie Butler, who taught him maths GCSE several years ago. He breaks into a nervous smile upon seeing you, and you remember that he never was very good at maths, but mostly because he never believed he could be. 
You enter the lobby, where you deposit your jackets at the cloakroom, and then you step through into a large, warm, white space. All white walls, glass windows, and high rafters. Live jazz music bounces around as people dressed in sequins and jackets mill around, clutching flutes of champagne and glasses of wine. For Bovril Bovril, this is quite the event. The walls are hung with paintings. You recognise it as mostly Melinda's own modernist stuff. And waiters in crisp white aprons are melting through the crowd, handing out drinks and nibbles. The main hall is split in half by a mezzanine floor, which is also filled with figures chatting and watching the crowd below. You remember from your last visit here, you know, sometimes they have guest artists and you wouldn't want to miss them, that further back in the building are some smaller display spaces, including a video installation screening room and, most importantly of all, the toilets. Always know where the toilets are. Oh, absolutely. Especially when you're 70. Oh yeah, it gets, mm-hmm. just gets worse with age. Um, how have you dressed for this evening? I didn't um, get changed. <laughs> <laughs> Anita's got some uh, clothes Love at, that energy. at Fairley's house, um, so is wearing a very sharp, nice, like fully white suit. Um, like she's a, like nice. I said, she's a glamour nana. She's she you know she knows she knows from clothes. Um, so that's why she was so like awkward about the the dress nicely thing. She's like fuck off, bitch. Um, <laughs> and she's she's wearing some like some little tiny heels, you know, um, like slingback um, heels uh, in silver. Mm. Yeah, and she's got silver jewelry on and stuff. You know, she looks very sharp. Uh, Fairly always wears comfortable, sensible shoes, uh, regardless of the rest of the outfit, but has changed into a kind of slightly different linen dress that's got like a mm. nice pattern around the end and has kind of a matching like shawl drape. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a big bag with her because she always does, like full of Nana stuff, you know? Yeah. You've got to have your Nana nice. stuff. And, and a, a thermos, thermos full of gin. <laughs> and a thermos full of gin. Yes. Wonderful. Classic. You've met up with George outside. Um, so she's come in with you. George is herself is wearing a blue sequined, navy blue sequined dress, uh, a high necked one, and a little sort of fluffy white bolero over the top. And she's got a, a matching, small matching handbag. And her hair's all been done up into curls. So she's looking smart. Smart. Uh, no jumper this time, but you do think, you do suspect that she knitted the bolero herself <laughs> out of, uh, you know, that, what's that long furry rabbit um, fur Ang- thing? Ang- Angora? I like Angora. Yeah. It's like an Angora um, wool that she's knitted herself. Nice. But it is uh, classy white. And as you enter the space, she grabs your arms and she says, this is it. Oh my gosh. Let me, let me point everyone out to you. Okay. Let me tell, let me, let me point everyone out. Okay. Over there. You'll see that. That's Cherry Hitchens. Hi. She's Melinda's PA. I've spoken to her a lot. We've been organising, you know, for my, because my painting's here. Oh, um, she can be a, she can be a little bit snippy, but uh, Melinda trusts her, and so do I. Um, and that over there, that's Melinda's husband. Uh, he writes novels, you know. Um, I don't don't you remember? I think we read one for book club. It was awful but don't tell him that um and oh that's poor alan cromie you remember the head of the cliffside co-op the defunct artist co-op remember that thing um you know the one that went under what a shame but i guess not everyone has what it takes to make it to the big leagues um and that that's linton barclay and his wife candace linton actually owns the gallery you know not a lot of people know that but um he's got some sort of long-term contract with melinda going on for her to sort of use the space and have her name on it but um it would of course she's a star um and that that's andrea glover i didn't expect to see her here at all uh she runs the oxo gallery um 
And the gentleman she's talking to is Richard Berryman. He's Melinda's greatest collector. Yeah. You start to learn who these people are, you know, when you're involved in the art scene, as I am. And, oh my gosh, there she is. That's Melinda up on the mezzanine. Isn't she fabulous? She looks just like an artist. And I believe the young man she's talking to is called Finn. Um, I think he's an up-and-coming artist too. Although you think he spends a bit more time in the gym than he does painting. <laughs> anyway, uh, I must go speak to Melinda. Excuse me. And she walks off into the crowd going, Melinda! Melinda! And waving up at the gallery. Um, and George disappears off into the crowd. Oh, um, I'm actually wearing my glasses, so I'm not sure which of any of these blobs <laughs> that she pointed out were who. <laughs> Look, I've forgotten all of the names immediately. I think I've made out the... Melinda's here and end of list I will send you a list of the names don't you worry <laughs> I've got them all written down don't worry about it <gasps> that was it. speedy well done I will do it for the others <laughs> this, that was in Kaido I know all the names <laughs> oh yeah yeah I don't I haven't written them down I should have Linton Linton I remember no, I d- Vin I remember Clistopher Clistopher <laughs> definitely on there um, there's always on. a Clistopher <laughs> Bonjour. There you go. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi's here. Yeah, bon John Jovi. Bon, bon, bon John, John Jovi. Jovi. <laughs> George quickly runs back and says, oh yes, and of course there's Bon John Jovi. Bon John Jovi. Bon John Jovi. He's bon John a Jovi. Bon Jovi tribute act. <laughs> yeah, but they're doing jazz this evening because they oh. said it would be classier. No, oh, and uh, Bon John Jovi tips his trilby to you oh from uh, as he, he as he as plays. Well. Um, yes, <laughs> <laughs> as he plays uh, funky saxophone over in the corner. <laughs> Doing all the callbacks today. Eighty <laughs> percent callback. Two percent loan, and the other percent, eight percent tits, <laughs> and the remaining ten, ten percent meow. Okay, yeah, that checks out. There we go. That's what the inside of my brain looks like, anyway. <laughs> That's a nice improv from Helen. <laughs> <laughs> I even I blacked out for a second. I don't know what I fucking said. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't give us those math breakdowns again if you wanted to. <laughs> I definitely don't. It was know. eighty-two, eight, and ten. But I don't know what I said for. It doesn't matter anyway. I'll listen back. I, I'll be doing the editing. It's fine. I'll know. You um, do you mill around? Do you stick together? Are you going to? We definitely look stick together long art? enough for me to add slow gin to everybody's champagne. Yeah. Mm, a waiter does a waiter in a smart apron does pop um, come and immediately offer you all a flute of champagne oh, each. Thank you, so kind. And then I I use I use grace as a shield. I have <laughs> <laughs> so that no one can see me pouring from a thermos into all of our champagne. <laughs> wow. Glorious! You gotta be smashed within seconds. <laughs> yeah, slow gin strong as well. Fuck. This how fairly makes I'm excited. it. Excited. It's good for you. All natural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> organic. 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 All natural. How could it be Pure. bad? Whole food. <laughs> a waiter also comes by and offers you all a, a tray of miniature sausage rolls, but the fancy kind because they've Ooh. got sesame seeds on the outside, oh, nice. a crisp oh. pastry shell, and in the centre you see um, just a pink sausage meat bursting out from the, um, yeah. the take, centre. Take the me one of those. All right. Mm. It's got, um, it's got uh, what's the word? 
It's got herbs on Sesame it. Sesame seeds. Must be fancy. Herbs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Clearly doesn't recognise sesame seeds some, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Has never Trick cooked cook. any other cuisine in her life. <laughs> <laughs> exotic. Wonderf- wonderful exotic. at British food. <laughs> do you, uh, yes, do you wish to um, view any of the art before? I'd like uh, to go and see George's art. Mm, um, I'm going to stand sneakily next to one of Melinda's pieces and just do like a really quiet fart. (laughs) (laughs) And then just gonna crop dust Melinda's section and then come over. Just that area (laughs) and just come back come back to where you guys are looking at the um at at George's George's stuff. Well um uh uh, Anita you you start touring the the main display space which you see is primarily full of Melinda's art. And as you walk past each painting, you let go a little portion of the fart that you are holding inside yourself at all times, I guess. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, you you know you pass people and they start going, "Well, I, oh my god, I thought I was enjoying this painting, but now suddenly there's something in something about it I just can't. Well, I guess I hate it, but something going on. I guess I hate it suddenly. Sensual, sensual, because I can't I can't be here in front of it anymore for some reason. So I guess it's the art, and uh, they start wandering away. Um, Fairly and Grace, you do a lap of the main hall. Um, you don't see George's piece of work in here. So you head back into the secondary gallery, um, further back into the building. Um, you do a lap of here too, and you also can't see anything with George's name on it. Oh. So, um. Oh dear. Um, um are we missing a gallery? Is there a. We must have missed oh, it on our lap, I think. Maybe they've got some art up on the mezzanine. I don't think they usually put art up there, but perhaps because it's an event. Yeah, perhaps they needed more space. Uh, it, it is quite out of the way, though, if it is up there. Well, plenty of people up there to see it, though, I suppose. Good view down at the rest of the gallery. Let's let's go and have a look. We'll kind okay. of make our way up to the mezzanine, mm-hmm. yeah. As you head up the mez- up towards the mezzanine, you um, pass on the stairs. Um, the man, the young man that George pointed out to you as Finn, is there. He walks past and with his uh, his black hair slicked back and his tight white shirt showing off. He, he, this guy, he has some muscles. You're not too old to to recognise that. And he he sort of he doesn't really uh, he gives he gives you a generic smile as he comes down the stairs. But you notice immediately his eyes. Oh, good evening. Drift onto you and straight back off. Um, and he carries on down, and mm. uh, you get up to the top. Children these days. <laughs> Chids. Chids these days. Uh, Chids these days, as we say in Bovril upon sea. Bovril. Mm. Bovril. Uh, <laughs> and uh, as you get up there, you see uh, another smaller display space, at the centre of which is Melinda in all her um, finery. She's there wearing a beautiful, you can tell, incredibly expensive white shirt that's very beautifully tailored and uh, a high-waisted pair of very neatly pressed black trousers. Oh, no. So she yeah. looks like a waitress. Black dress. No, she doesn't. <laughs> no, no, she looks fine, expensive. Fine. They're mustard yellow trousers. Perfectly oh, okay. pressed nice. mustard yellow trousers well, right and a then. high heel. And uh, she has, you know, uh, um, she's there sort of a keeping court um, with, you know, a dash of bright, you know, she's wearing minimal makeup except for a bright red lip. She's looking 
expensive. Um, but she's there. But also at the same time, you will admit, you know, she's got that. Uh, she's got a very like beautiful pair of earrings in that just a little, just the right side of kooky. You know, mm-hmm. she's like clearly thought very hard about what message she's sending. She stands there on the mezzanine, keeping court with all you know, with several people around her, and, um, and not you get up there not long after she she heads down the stairs. You do a little uh, lap of the room, this small mezzanine space. You also do not find a painting with George's name on it. Do uh, Melinda's paintings have price tags on? Um, no, but they it's price upon inquiry. Yeah. If you've got to ask, then it's too much. Several already have little red um, reserved stickers put next to them. Oh, that mm. that's disheartening to see that pe- well, people are paying money for this. Listen, it's up to them what they spend their money on. Silly things may bring them joy. Perhaps they're going to throw darts at them. <laughs> should we should we find George and ask her where her painting is? Because I don't think we're having yes, any luck ourselves. Yes, I'd like to see it. She's worked so long on it and she wouldn't let us see any, any peak of it before it hung. And I, I, I'd like to see it. I particularly liked the watercolour she did of my garden once. I've still got it hanging above the, uh, above the mantelpiece and I should like to see what she's, uh, what she's worked so hard on. Do we, do we see George anywhere? Yeah, I think from up on the mezzanine they can, um, uh, spot George as she walks, you know, you scan the crowd. After a minute George walks into it and, uh, you see her from above and so you can, you come back down the stairs. Yeah, I'm still, I think I'm still downstairs, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You spot her from across the room as she walks in, uh, walks in. Yeah, can we sort of gesture for you to intercept her? <laughs> Anita, <laughs> Darling! Anita, can you, Anita? George, your more champagne, George. George. You see George? George. George. Anita. George. All right, yeah. George. One second. And she'll sort of make her way over to try and intercept her. You you leave your last little fart by the painting and you uh, head on over. A gentle one. Soft-noised one. You know what? Just just let's make this the first roll. Just um, just roll to make sure. Just Uh roll day for me, please. Day move for me. Um, with um, uh, composure to, to check they're silent. How do I do that? Um, so uh, the way rolling works is there are a bunch of moves in this game, um, but because we are currently in um, daytime or what could be considered a safe space, we're going to use the day move. So you will roll 2d6 and add the appropriate statistics. So you have five statistics, vitality, composure, reason, presence, and sensitivity. And you have a plus or minus or zero to each of those on your sheet. So vitality. Um, and I um, let me let me double check. I said composure originally, but I think it might actually be. Uh, yeah. What do you roll for vitality? farts, Jen? Look it up in the book. What does the book well, say? I, yeah, you brought the this book on The book says. Oh yeah. Sorry. Let me just just <laughs> control F in the PDF. Farts. Oh, there's too many results. Tap tap tap. I, yeah. think I think it's presence. I think it's presence, personally. <laughs> I make my presence known with my farts. <laughs> so you're trying to make not make your presence known oh, with your yeah, farts. Oh, yeah, good point. I was trying to be secretive. So maybe sensitivity. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think that's sensitivity to the occult vit- Vitality. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe not. I think, so vitality, if you wanted it to be about the control of your sphincter, but if it's more <laughs> about um, it's your steady hand or calm disposition, then I would say composure. So, um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily, well, I do want to control my sphincter. Or presence, if you're trying to capture someone's imagination. <laughs> no, this is about not, no, this is not about the effect of the farts themselves. This is about the, uh, 
sound control, so. So composure? I'll let you choose vitality or composure, depending on what you, you okay, think. Okay, I'll go for composure. Okay. 2d6, please. Uh, oh, and uh, I should also add now, anytime you think... Um, so you all have a cosy little place. We've all already been to Fairleys. Fairleys is her little shed at the end of her garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything that you can reasonably say that you have on your person in that moment and can be used in the situation can be used to give you advantage on a roll. I don't think any of my we- things would give me an advantage. <laughs> <laughs> but once, once it's been used to give you advantage on a roll, you can never use it to give you advantage on a roll again. Okay, I think I'm fine. I don't think any of that will Okay, that's fine. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think this is a crucial role. Um, so I mean, some people might know you as farty, that farty old woman. I but... don't really care about that. I, um, mm-hmm. I rolled a 10. Oh, a 10. Superb. Let me... Um... Decent roll, I think. Yeah. A 10 on the day move. 10 plus, you do what you're intended or you hold steady. I guess that's just a nice silent fart. A nice silent fart. fart no one knows. Great. It, I just, perfect. you know. Well, I'm glad we've all, we've all been introduced to how rolling works in this there game. We go. That was that perfect. Was <laughs> a simple roll for a simple person. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> you head on over to uh, uh, George. You see her walking back into the main room looking, um, you can tell, a little bit frazzled. Mm-hmm. But she's clearly trying to uh, hold herself together. Yeah, right, George. I was looking at Melinda's stuff. Um, where's Where's your painting? Um, so I can go straight to it, you know. Well, uh, apparently there's been a little bit of a. Um, I think it's just a mix-up. Um, right. Mine's not getting displayed this evening. All right. So um, don't worry. I've already. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Actually, it's fine. I. Um, well, you know, like it's I'm sure they'll show it next time they have one. I guess you know, like oh, they have yeah. openings all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, pretty much what Melinda said. That's what she said. That's what she implied. Is that um, next time? Uh, and that I think it was just a question of not having the space this time, or um, I th- maybe it was maybe it was the um, the theme. Well, hey, you know, it's nice to get out of the house anyway, isn't it? Oh yes, yes. Any excuse? Any excuse to get out of and, the house? Uh, she have grabs- some champagne, like. She grabs a uh, glass of wine off a tray as it goes past and takes a massive gulp from it. She says, "Well, I um." I must, uh, I guess I should go look at Melinda's work and you, please excuse me. She, uh, melts off into the crowd. All right, love, let us know if you need anything. What was that, George? Oh, uh, did she, did she, she tell you where the painting is? We couldn't find it upstairs. Yeah, we've been looking. Uh, apparently there's some kind of mix-up, um, and it's not being shown tonight. Oh, that fucking twat Melinda. I know, right? <laughs> well, that's... That's just not. That's just not right. Where is she? I'll have a word. It's just rude, that is it. I think I saw. Can I her up on see the Melinda? Wasn't she? she? Did she leave the mezzanine? Or she went Melinda down left the, the mezzanine. Yeah. When we went up, she went down the stairs. You can't see her in this main room. Um. But you said who else was here? Well, I'm not gonna fucking go and no, talk everything's to in the gen- Yeah. If you want to look in the general chat, there's uh, a list of people who were I named have to my you. List. By- Okay. I don't need your list. Ooh, my list. We could talk Fine. to Cherry Hitchens, maybe, who was Melinda's PA. Um, yes. If I can identify which blob was um <laughs> was pointed out to me as Cherry. Okay. You uh don't spot Cherry in this main room either, but if you when you go back through into the secondary gallery, you see her um sort of standing towards the back looking down at her phone and uh, typing furiously. I stride up towards her uh, mm-hmm. in the manner of an old woman who will not be stopped. Say, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, uh, Terry, isn't it? And she types for one extra second and then 
pastes a smile on her face and looks up and goes, Yes? Uh, you, you work with, uh, with Melinda. Uh, is that, is um, that? Yes. I yes. am Melinda's PA. Uh, can I help you? I would like to talk to her, please. Oh, Melinda is indisposed at the moment. I'm sorry. Well, Melinda can be disposed. This is her show. Shouldn't she be here? Uh, yes, um, but she is a very busy person and I believe she's conducting some business at the moment. Yes, well, perhaps you can uh, you can take me to where she's conducting some business because I believe I, I have some business to conduct with her. Uh, it's a very important matter. And um, as you can imagine, I don't have all the time in the world. Because <laughs> you're about to die? Well, there's no need to put it quite so frankly, but... You're, you're horribly old. Oh, thank well, you. Now. <laughs> Anita comes up behind um, Fairley and goes, hey, there's no need to say that to her. She's on her last legs. It's terrible that you'd say that to a woman who's so close to death. Like, I can't it's, believe uh, you. Oh, come here, Fairley. It's okay, love. It's okay, It's, love. it's my last worry. night... Alive. My last night before they put me into the home and oh. I need to speak to Melinda. I obviously won't get another chance. Uh, Anita, Anita Miles, hospice, you know. Oh. The hospice, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, well, I'm sorry that your uh, body's crapping out on you, but um, I can book you in with Melinda in a couple of weeks' time if you want. I'll be very much gone by then, young lady. Oh, that is a shame. I'm afraid that's her earliest appointment, though. I don't need an appointment. I need one minute of conversation. Well, Melinda's time is very precious, and even mm, one minute is not as precious, precious when as you're mine, this important. Not as precious though, is it? Oh, it's, um, well, whose ga- who's name's on the gallery? Anyway, I'm um, sorry I can't help you right this moment. Um, I have to go make a couple of calls. And uh, she puts her phone to her ear and starts walking and pushes her way through a door at the back of the room that says staff only on it. I'm going to wander mm. over to that door. Yeah, I feel very staffy right now. What an unpleasant young woman. She was awful, wasn't she? Think they'd teach some manners to PAs, wouldn't you? Birds of a feather, I suppose. I don't imagine Melinda's much better. Do you know, if we go back there, they won't notice us at all. They never look at old people. They just assume you're in the right place or someone's looking after you. Uh, I'll take this opportunity to remind you that you all have a specialist move each as part yes. of this game. You all have yes. a maven move. Yeah, um, I think mine would be moves very be... good right yeah, now. Yeah, your we, moves we... could be summarised. So we're in daytime um, still, then? We are, I will, yeah, yes, so, I'll let you know. We are so currently so. in daytime because you are in, um, it's still, it's not properly nighttime yet. It's the early evening and uh, you're in a safe, well-lit environment. So this would be considered daytime. So for Anita, you have the ability to move around spaces freely at night uh-huh. because people just see a little old woman who is uh, tough as nails. You're tough as nails and you can get away with it. Yeah. Um, what was that? I can't remember. I, I didn't write down the names of the uh, characters that your Sam moves were named Spade. after. Sam Spade. The Sam Helen. Spade move. That was it. And Grace's is the uh, opposite. You took uh, Miss Marple. Is it the yes. one named after Jane Marple? It's pretty yeah. handy yes, that which we is took the opposite, the opposite ones of that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like, we're covered. We're just covered for either day or night, just wandering into places. Yeah. I can't hide anything from you now, because no matter what, one of you is going to be able to walk in and find it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, so uh, yeah, you... I would just be like, excuse me one second, loves. I think uh, I think I'm going to go find Melinda. Uh, as, uh, as, as Grace kind of ducks through the door, um, I turn to Anita and go, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I look on death's door. <laughs> oh, I was adding a bit of colour, love, you know, like for sympathy and that. Hospice, really? I don't think you look like you belong in a hospice or anything, love. 
Well, I should hope not. You belong in another kind of bed, though, eh? You. Not in public. Oh. Give her a little slap on the bum arm. No one's paying oh. attention to us, love. Belly <laughs> is uh, acting kind of not in public, but clearly charmed by it. <laughs> so you. You're into the little cheeky. You love a little bit naughty. Well, yeah. A bit naughty nana. A bit of flirt. Yeah. A little naughty. Yeah. yeah. So, Grace, yes, I will remind you that uh, your move is that during the day you can enter any place you wish and move about freely once you're inside, so long as you don't do anything actively hostile to anyone who might be in there. So, um, hold back that hostility, Sarah. Yeah, I will call <laughs> it out when I'm ready to leave, but I will try and be polite for now. Uh, do I see Melinda as I go through into this staff-only area? You head into that space, you open the door, and you see a corridor and off it um, a couple of doors. Um, but it's li- it's not as fancy as the main gallery space. This is clearly the backstage area. And as you're heading in, you see Cherry again, Melinda's PA. She's she hangs, She's clearly just hung up the phone and um, she uh, walks out past you and she barely looks at you because you're just um, a little old lady. And she's already back to typing on her phone and she just says, the toilets are the other way as she heads on out through the door and into the gallery space. I smile politely and then just keep walking forward. Okay. There's a uh, couple of doors along this corridor. Pick one. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Where are you? Uh, where are you going? Are you poking in every door to see what? Yeah, I need. I need to find Melinda. So I will just uh, crack a door, stick my head in a little bit. Oh, anybody in mm-hmm. here? Anybody? First door you open is um, a, a single toilet, and um, this is clearly the sort of backstage office nice. toilet. Um, Nip in there quickly. Leave it be. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, do you want to not want a quick wee? Just, just in case. A quick, quick. No, I don't know just in case. Bathroom. Quick investigation wee. <laughs> uh, you uh, close the door. You do know it's got more toilet paper than the main toilets, though, so that might be worth keeping in mind. <laughs> um, second door along, you open. It looks like some sort of store sp- storage space for um, for paintings. There's lots wrapped up in sort of protective cloths. There's um, maybe some what look like probably statue pieces. You know with uh, sheets draped over them. And you open the third door and you see straight away that this is clearly an office space. Back walls lined with bookcases, neatly carpeted, a large leather top desk in the middle of the room and slumped in the chair behind the desk, you see the body of Melinda Hill. And you hold the door open for a second as her eyes stare at you glossily and unblinking. And I think that's where we're going to leave it for this bum, week. Bum, bum. Oh dear. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Good. It was me. I did it and I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not even sad about it. You know what? The fun thing about this is that if you wanted to, you could make it so that one of you had done the murder. It's not like part of the game, but you basically <laughs> could just theorize that it was one of you and just be like, you did it. We're like, we yeah, did leave I did do it. Anita unattended for some time. Yeah, you I did. was farting a lot. Covering my tracks, perhaps. Anita has left DNA evidence in the other room as an alibi, though, so she's safe. So much DNA evidence. Fart alibi will not hold up in court, thank you. Uh, there is jurisprudence. <laughs> Prove it otherwise. And there's also um, evidence in my pants. <laughs> You've been listening to Roll Plus Heart. Today was the first part of our game of Brindlewood Bay, a game by Jason Cordova. Your GM was me, Jen Blundell, and your players were Bex Watson as Fairly Weaver, Helen Gaffney as Anita Theakston, and Sarah Keep as Grace Tamblin. 
Our theme music was by David Shaw and it was mixed and mastered by Mark Anderson. Podcast editing was by me, Jen Blundell, and by my partner in crime, Helen Gaffney. Exciting news, we have a store of our own on our own little website. So if you're enjoying the show and you would like to purchase prints, or maybe stickers, or maybe even a pin badge to show your support and further enjoy the beautiful art that Sarah makes for our show, then you can head over to rollplusheart.co.uk forward slash store and you can purchase them to your heart's content. We have stickers grouped by sets, such as our Witches, Wranglers and Renegades set, our Beans, Birds and Orcs set, our Ghosts, Ghost Hunters and Conspiracy set, or our Bikes, Brooms and Lesbians set. And we also have prints of the posters that Sarah has done for the main campaigns that we've done so far on the show. And most excitingly of all, we have an eco-wooden pin badge of our logo with a gloss finish and metal back fastening. (laughs) I have one. I have it on my rucksack for I am a proud member of Roll Plus Heart and I wish the world to know. My great dream is that one day someone else will see it and they will be like, oh, I listened to that show too. And I can be like, yeah, me too. I listen to it a lot. Like four to five times every episode between editing and, you know, listening back and, and that. And then we'll move on with our lives. We still have a Patreon going. So if you would like to support the show that way, you can go to patreon.com forward slash rollplusheart. And there you can join our Patreon subscription for as little as £1 a month. That gets you access to a whole bunch of bonus audio content. And you can immediately go and listen to everything that we have ever published. And we've had a Patreon for quite a while now. We have interviews on there with each other and most recently with Kurt Reffling, the creator of Here We Used To Fly. We have some one-shots, some of which have already come out, some I've no I have scheduled and will be coming out very soon, um, including one-shots with fabulous special guests from our, let's say, sister podcast, Quest Fantastic. We also have talkbacks and we have session zero so if you are enjoying the characters that we have created on brindlewood bay and the little world we have made then you can go onto our patreon and listen to a good two hours of us making everything that's up there already so go ahead and check it out from one pound a month higher tiers get you access to merch including stickers prints and at the highest tier a t-shirt which is fulfilled every three months if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can tweet at us at RollPlusHeart or you can email us at RollPlusHeart at gmail.com. If you would like to hear more from us, then Sarah and I are on the sister podcast to RollPlusHeart Quest Fantastic, which is a D&D actual play show, which Sarah GMs. And we've been doing one long running campaign that's been going for a bit over, over the past year. And we are getting towards the end game. Um, So now is a perfect time to go back through the back catalogue and catch up just in time for our grand finale. If you enjoy the vibes of Roll Plus Heart, you will enjoy Quest Fantastic 2, I am sure of it. If you would like to hear about the latest cinema releases, then me and my good friend Paul Salt do a podcast called Jen and the Film Critic, in which my good friend Paul Salt, the film critic, listens, listens, watches watches all the latest cinema releases and then tells me about them 
and sometimes I've seen them too. If you would like more from Bex, then you can go to their ko-fi.com where you can find a whole bunch of beautiful prints and even some coloring in pieces that you can purchase to display on your wall or entertain yourself during the short dark hours of the summer. That's how summer works, right? This year, I say we all just hermit throughout the entire summer too. I mean, if you live in the UK, what's the difference anyway? So if you would like to get your hand on some beautiful colouring in pieces or beautiful full colour prints, then go to ko-fi.com, that's ko-fi.com forward slash starling dust. That's forward slash starling dust. And if you would like to hear more from Helen, then I'm afraid you are plum out of luck because she has just taken up being a hermit in the Highlands of Scotland. We're going to miss her. But um, you know how it is. You've just sometimes got to go seclude yourself in a dark, wet cave for a few years to find that inner peace. We've all been there. Um, yeah, so fortunately, she does have an internet connection and a mic set up. So if future episodes sound a little echoey, then that's why. Um, cave life, you know. But um, that's, Hel- that's Helen's choice and we will respect it. Our next episode will be out on Wednesday, the 24th of May. And that will be the second part of Brindlewood Bay. Until then... Bon Jon Jovi. Before we actually start, do any of you have any or any other questions about? Well, it's no more complicated where the babies come from. What I said in the thing. Hmm? Where do babies come from? Mm -hmm. When for Granovina. So I'll show you. I will produce one. One second. Here's one I made earlier. (laughs) Wow. Just pick up my cat. (laughs) Yeah, you have to eat the right mix of um, fruits and vegetables, and you swallow it down. You do a big poo. And inside the poo is a baby. Oh no! Yeah, How many so. have we just fl- anyway? This has gone weird. Let's start the game. I flushed away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, you only have to. It's only if you eat fruit and vegetables. So if you avoid eating fruits and vegetables, which I do, okay. as long as you eat only only brown food for the rest of your life, you'll yeah. be fine. Chocolate. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about skittles? Are they oh, fruit and vegetables? It. Yes, no. they're a bit. It's the fruit and vegetable adjacent, green, aren't they? So. They've got flavouring <laughs> from fruits and vegetables. Right. That's yeah. what they say on mm. the packaging. Careful now. So, uh, if you eat too many skittles, you'll be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you do that so silently? <laughs> I didn't look. <laughs> oh. oh, I missed it. Sarah. I should never stop looking at Sarah. No, you shouldn't. She sneaks things in. She just did a secret <laughs> Skittle reveal. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> Yummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. I peaked. Damn it. What was your fault? <laughs> <laughs> what, like in life? Life-wise. Or sexually! Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that was my sexual peak. <laughs> <laughs> just the peak of my sexual life. on the 18th oh, of March. <laughs> yeah. It's all downhill from here. <laughs>